You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Curtain up, theater people. Welcome to your program, Is Your Ticket. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program, Is Your Ticket, is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. My guests on tonight's show are the cast and creative team of Stupid Fucking Bird, a modern play by Aaron Posner, sort of adapted from The Seagull by Anton Chekhov and produced by Stripped Scripts in association with Long Island City artists in the Plaxal Gallery. Now, if Stripped Scripts sounds familiar, it's because I had the pleasure of interviewing their founder, producer, and co-producer, Allison Threadgold and Tana Serrois, respectively, on episode 29 for their previous production of Kieran Berry's Tomorrow in the Battle. Now, here's a description of Stupid Fucking Bird of the particular production that they're doing, taken directly from Stripped Script's website. This production, written by Aaron Posner, takes us deep into Chekhov's cathartic love quadrangle as it attempts to discover with meta-theatricality what it truly means to be an artist and what it truly means to love. And I just might have a little something personally invested in this show. I'll let you try and figure it out. Okay, enough vague casting, let's bring on the gang. Hi, cast and creative team of Stupid Fucking Bird, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket. Hi! Hey! I'm so excited to be here. I've heard so much about this show. I kind of have a little bit of an inner ear. So why don't we start by going around the circle and giving us your name and role, job, or both, because I know some of you have both, on this production of Stupid Fucking Bird. We'll start over here. Adam Knight, director. I'm Mary Ruth Baggett, playing Mosh. I'm Olivier Renault, and I play Khan. I'm Tana Sirwai, I play Nina and co-produce. I'm Donald Brophy, and I play Doyle Tregorn. I'm Allison Threadgold, and I play Emma, and I produce. I'm David Lieber, and I'm playing Dr. Eugene Sword. <laughs> and there's a little something personally invested right there. For those of you who listen to my show a lot, David Leeper is actually my husband. Yeah. I know, right? I talk about him all the time on the show, and he's never been on the show before, so there he is. So I'm honored. I know. He was almost on one time when he was going to tell a story about really, really bad audience behavior. But we cut it. <laughs> he has a lot of those stories. He does. That he does. Yes, indeed. Um, okay. 
How about you go into a little bit more detail about your upcoming production of Stupid Fucking Bird? What makes it so unique? I think, first of all, the venue is um, what we're hoping is going to make this production particularly unique. And I, this play actually lends itself really well, I think, to a non-traditional theater venue. Tell us about um, the venue. So the venue is a 12,000 square foot gallery space in Long Island City that is owned by Plaxall and is donated to the Long Island City artists who in turn donated to strip scripts for our theatrical work. Um, and so it's really cool because this, this show lends itself to being immersive and so in this space we get to have 12,000 square feet in which to move around and make stuff up as we go along, which is kind of what we've been doing and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I think makes Off Off Broadway most exciting is that you've got these really uh, these really elaborate, uh, well-done things in really small boxes. Um, in this case, we have a really uh, uh, interesting, well-done thing in a really huge box. <laughs> and, um, and I think for, uh, if any of us have always kind of been at these off-Broadway events where, where we're packed in there and, and the actors have nowhere to go, here we've got crosses that are 50 feet long and, and entrances and exits that are, um, you know, all the way down the length of the building. We have this huge canal that we have a view of for part of the scene. So if you know this... we built, yeah, for the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we built a canal. Um, if, you know, if you know the seagull, a lot of the scenes take place along the water. And so it's really kind of exciting to have actual nature be a part of our production. And then there's kind of a surprise for one of the acts of the play because um, all of a sudden we go from a very, very large space to a very, very intimate acting space. And um, for me, that's what makes um, Off Off Broadway great. You've got these amazing actors um, right in front of you um, in, a, in a kind of proximity that you don't get in any other, any other uh, venue in New York. Wow, cool. Uh, actors, let's hear from you a little bit. Um, how are you acclimating to that? Um, Not well. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the second time I, I I work in this space, and I I just I really enjoy having to fill it. I mean, it's it's at first it was it was quite the um, challenge to just vocally to have to come out and 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 fill the space vocally. But I think that. Personally, at least, especially in this city, everything is just so small. You go to the subway at 6 o'clock on the A-train, you're in northbound A-train, everything just feels so small. And then here you get to just splatter everything on these beautiful white walls and, 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 and just make this noise and, and let it out. And then, of course, your director will say, okay, um, reel it back in. Uh, <laughs> let's try to contain this. And, and, then, and then something may or may not happen. Um, but I, I, I love this space. Not only does it have... Uh, not only is it close to my heart because this is the first time I've ever done anything. Uh, this is the first place where I've done anything uh, here in New York with amazing, uh, an amazing cast and amazing and now friends. Um, but it also has a pretty cool energy. Um, you know, we're, 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 we get to rehearse surrounded by art. You know, we, there's, there's these, these pieces of art that if, every time I look at them I discover something new about them. So. It's sort of meta having you know an artist in an artistic place doing art with other artists. I mean, it's never ending. It's like Inception. Mm -hmm. Fucking burn. Yes, <laughs> it does kind of tie into the play in in many different ways. Um, it 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 seems has has the rehearsal process been 
unorthodox compared to what you what you're normally used to. Um, how, how <laughs> you call you sitting about? poolside drinking champagne while reading through the play, yeah, I would absolutely say it's been unorthodox. <laughs> um, don't get the wrong impression, everybody, but we did have a, a nice day up at Alison's parents' house poolside. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely the, the rehearsal process has been unorthodox, not just in relation to the space, but in relation to um, our wonderful director, Adam Knight. He, he's... Uh, he thinks out of the box and he, uh, in a very subtle and nuanced ways, gets what he wants out of you without you ever even really realizing it. And I think that's what's really nice about, about the Posner's work is that there's something extremely naturalistic about it. And I say that in a very ironic way because it's so not naturalistic, it breaks down the fourth wall and all this kind of crazy stuff. But the style of acting requires a certain kind of naturalism and uh, so finding the right balance between that and this massive space um, is, is, is the challenge. Uh, and, you know, our challenge as actors and then for Adam to kind of like take a step back and take a look at the whole thing. Um, but it's definitely interesting. You find yourself kind of like flexing muscles and, fi- and finding vocal techniques that you've never really used before in a more straightforward kind of production. Like freeing yeah. to be in the space. I think yeah. it really encourages you to make choices you wouldn't normally in a, a normal theater on a normal stage. Um, you have to, you know, you're not the audience. The configuration of the audience is never something typical, mm-hmm. even if you try to make it that way. So you sort of catch yourself like surprising yourself and making really interesting choices. And when you lean into that, it mm-hmm. becomes really really fun. Mm-hmm. I also find it amazing in the space being so big that in the more intimate scenes they don't lose that at all mm-hmm. uh, that's the quality of our actors <laughs> but it's just the space even though it lends to being so big and over the top and big broad playing space the intimate scenes become very highlighted in, a, in an interesting way well I think it really forces you to focus on what's important I mean we don't you know the lights that we want to hang we need to decide where we want them and hang a few up on this giant ladder you see right here. I mean, it's very DIY. Um, So, you know, you're forced to really focus on what's important, which is the connection and the characters, right? And then telling that story and sort of not getting bogged down by the giant set you're going to build in what could feel constricted in a way that we need to be mindful of the art on the walls and where the sculptures are going to be. And, you know, a lot of that isn't pre-planned, so we kind of have to go with the flow. Luckily, we have an amazing team for that, specifically Adam and Allison, who just roll with anything we throw at them, which is wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, you focus on, on what counts, I think. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The space is the set. Right. <laughs> we're also curating a show, the Leica. So Long Island City Artists is the organization who manages the space. And the show that will be up on the walls in this gallery is specifically curated to this production of Stupid Fucking Bird. And the title of it is, it's titled Yours and Always Only Yours, which is inspired from the text of this play. Um, So we did ask our members to submit works that included dead birds. 
um, <laughs> and themes of longing. And we did get a few strange looks, but I think it's going to be a really good show. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Now, now, Tana, you work for the gallery as well, right? Yeah, I'm their performing arts director. Oh, very nice. So I do a lot of the programming and space rentals and event coordination and everything like that. Is this the first time that you've had a play come in and be produced here in the gallery? No, this is our third, third full-length play. Oh, and okay. we've had, um, we had a series of one acts in here that had a full run as well. And we've had a lot of readings. Allison and I have been doing strip scripts readings here once a month for the last year and a half, almost two almost years, two almost two full years. Yeah. I think that was sort of the start of performing yeah. arts coming into the space, right? Definitely. And this birth of an idea that, oh, wait, space could be more than just a gallery. Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, you know, you're in here... You have artists that come in at night to work. We have easels hidden in there, and they'll come and set up and work. And we'll be in here rehearsing, and people come in, and we have a guy rehearsing music, doing music upstairs, and there's a piano here that people come in and play sometimes. So it's just a very creative environment yeah, with a lot of different mediums of yeah. art that inspire each other and influence each other. And, and the location, too, is, you know, our friends from Brooklyn can't say, oh, it's too far. Our friends, friends from Manhattan can't say it's too far. Our friends from Queens can't say it's too far. It's literally in the middle, so come see our show. <laughs> That's an excellent point. It really is. Um, the concept of putting shows into galleries and in different performance spaces, I think, is, for me, uh, really starting to become front and center. I know that uh, my last... Uh, podcast episode, I interviewed some people who are doing Brilliant Traces in a gallery, um, and then a while back, uh, David and I went and saw a play called Brightwish Farm, which is, is also um, based on a Chekhov play. Cherry Orchard. Yeah, the Cherry Orchard, and that was done in, I don't know if it was necessarily a gallery, but it was definitely not a, a, a theater. Yeah, it was like a large, large studio space at the kind of galley seating and a big pile of props but they used the whole room it was it was interesting in new york yeah yeah it was it, it, it's really neat yeah i mean it's it's a great way to see a play mm-hmm. it's funny for me because it's actually a loop back to the very beginning of producing for me ever so when i was in college i produced the bald soprano by ionesco and we got permission to do it in the art gallery at Colby College, and Alex Katz had an exhibit there at the time, and it was just the perfect backdrop for the Bald Soprano. So it's mm. nice to have come back all these years later, I won't say how many, to <laughs> be in the gallery again doing a show. <laughs> it's fun too, just, I mean, I think it's a real honor, uh, for myself at least, to be able to, to perform for other artists. I mean, we, we don't always get, as actors, to choose the, the, the audience that we perform for, and knowing that this is just a place, you know, of of acceptance and art and all that stuff is just we're gonna have other artists in 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 the audience. So that's just a, that's just really fun, and it gets me it gets me going even more whenever I know that someone will appreciate it from from the point of view of you know being a dancer or from the point of view of being a sculptor, a painter, a musician, whatever it might be. And that, not just someone who stumbles upon the plaques hall, even though we do, you know, we yeah. would love for that to happen. So stumble, come see our show. <laughs> we've also had artists who came to see the last show in this space who then created work. I mean, they made paintings based on right. themes from yeah. the show and characters yeah. in the show they felt inspired by and then sort of approached us afterwards saying, you know, I came to see your show and I locked myself in my house for a few <laughs> weeks afterwards and That's felt really good. inspired and I made this thing, you know, which is just like... 
it's nice to know that people are instead of coming with a judgmental eye, which right. I think we all struggle with performing in New York, yes, always sure. for other actors who or your friends who you beg to come and see your play, and they come and see it and they want to go out and share their opinions of everything afterwards, which is great. But sometimes it's nice to have people who come from a different background Absolutely. still appreciate art yep. and are just they're in the moment experiencing what's in front of them and are open to that. And I feel like that's the majority of the audience we have had here. And it's, it's just refreshing. So you've had fan art right? in essence. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. It is cool. And we've also done, that's how the performing arts really got involved with Leica was we had a woman who did a painting and, and based off of a story she had written. And we ended up doing a, like devising a physical theater performance to do at the opening where that painting was being shown. And then we came back to do it on the closing and the painting she painted had totally changed. She had added like another character and we added another character to our piece. Anyway, the, to the performance and the painting sort of influenced each other and, and changed Dorian throughout way. the, yeah, totally, throughout the uh, exhibition. And we just thought it was too cool. We wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> you know, I, you can really feel like the, the fluidity, the circular fluidity, if you will, of creativity that, that is going on in this room. We're in the gallery right now. Um, and that doesn't stop. And I think that sometimes in a theater, you know, you, you shut the, the show down and, you know, you put up the, I forget what, what ghost light. the ghost light. Thank you very much. I forget I my terminology sometimes. And, and, you know, and then the theater just kind of goes dead for a while. But here it never stops. Mm. Here oh, never the creativity stops. is the, it just, it just flows. It's, it's, I mean, I can at least feel it. I'm, yeah. you know, and I'm, I've only, this is only my second time here. So um, what did the... Uh, challenges we talked about the advantages but what are the challenges of putting up a show in a gallery oh well okay <laughs> I'm glad you asked cause, uh, the no, concrete I've... floor on your poor knees and yeah. ankles when you're jumping around um, see those lights up above you hanging out in the very very tall ceiling mm-hmm. we rigged those last night and that scary ladder by we you mean you that was terrifying um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, the you want walls for your set. We built those movable walls over there, which we're now hanging art on for our show that's specifically made for the play, which is very cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have to return everything to the gallery standards for open hours, right? So we can't build a set and have things in the space and then just leave it. It has to look like a white wall gallery because there are artists here. It's a big deal for them to be showing their work on the walls. Um, so, yeah, you have to... You have to be really, really flexible. I think from a press standpoint, too, it's difficult um, kind of trying to pitch this to either reviewers to come see it mm-hmm. or even audience members. And for some people, it is a little too outside the box. And they're sort of like, it's happening where and what? And, mm-hmm. and there's no, it's kind of tough to find the door sometimes because it's really through the parking garage. We're building no a sign on the, on the building door. Sign. <laughs> yeah. um, so that is a little bit of a challenge as well. Yeah. And the great part of sharing the space with other artists is also a challenge as well because you know we'll be in the middle of a scene and somebody's like, oh, well, we gotta go move this piano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we have to bring in what, what that, whatever that lift thing right, was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the forklift. Yeah. That was amazing. So constantly sharing the space, which makes it kind of beautiful, and, and we sometimes work it into the scenes. But yeah, well, it does sort of force you to be really present and open and just listen to what's happening. You know, you can't really come in with some preconceived idea of the rehearsal room being your own, and especially as a director. I mean. 
you know, you can't come in and know that you're going to have full control over everything that happens in the space because someone might just start loading in a giant platform and a bunch of chairs and there's kind of nothing you can do about it. Or you might suddenly have to move into another room to rehearse. You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, as a director, so much of what we do is we create something that works in the rehearsal room and then we get into, um, typically on tech week, we get into the space and all of a sudden things worked in the room, didn't work in the space, but there's also this kind of magical series of aha moments where um, where the where we realize that how the play can fit properly if, if you're lucky into this into this um, place that has its own soul. In this case, we've been rehearsing in this space from day one, and so we've both had those aha moments, but also um, you know a space this large with so much art on the walls. Um, all of a sudden, the eye wants to go a hundred different places, and and I'm always thinking, oh gosh, but am I? Or is anyone going to watch the play? Because there's all these great things, and so um, and the answer is yes, they are, and um, and just finding ways to it's a challenge because because there's so much great art on the walls. I'm, you know, the, the kind of self-doubt in my head is saying, but is our work beautiful? Is our work something that can stand on its own? And any time I've questioned that, I've, I've, challenged, I've challenged myself and tried to challenge the cast to, to, to push beyond what we thought this play was and to create something even, um, even more visually or, or, um, or, or emotionally um, colorful and, and interesting. And so, in a way, I've been challenged by the competition from all these great things to, to make something bigger and that's kind of worthy to be an exhibit unto itself. Mm -hmm. um, Dono did mention that we rehearsed at a, at a pool one day, <laughs> and that was kind of the opposite kind of aha moment because we haven't been rehearsing anywhere but the space. And so finally being in a, in a strange space rehearsing was so um, enlivening in so many ways, and I think we learned a lot about the play by being in this relaxed environment, drinking champagne by a pool, because that's what Chekhov was writing about. These were people with a lot of time on their hands, by a lake, with nothing to do all summer except for fall in love and have heartbreak. And so, um, and so in, in some ways... Drink champagne. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, for them, but same, same. Right. Yeah. And then die. And then die. <laughs> and so in, and so in a lot of ways, that was, that was um, a very productive rehearsal. Now, this is me playing devil's advocate here. Do you have any contingency plans for if you do have one of these, um, if somebody comes in to look at the art, um, if, if any of these things happen, I'm, okay, am I freaking everybody out? I'm like putting all of these like scenarios out there. Um, is, are you, are you? In theory, that won't happen during the show. No, I mean, we would, that's part of the planning is making sure we have somebody, you know, because we will probably keep the front gallery open while the back show well, so there are two galleries. There's a space you walk through to get in here, and then there's the space where the show is. If people want to keep the front space open, they can and have have that open to the public. Um, but we would definitely have signs on the doors, and people wouldn't be able to enter back here. Generally, when we do performance, it's closed gallery hours, and you know you only enter. It's no late seating, and you enter before the show. Um, There's definitely booby traps built into the play, though. Like I think, like, because <laughs> yeah. like, Posner, I think, wanted to, uh, like, you know, fuck with 
the producers and the actors and the directors of the of the show too, because a lot of it is relying on on uh, an audience, you know, in you know, in participation. Certain certain aspects of the play won't actually even happen unless the audience um, participate yeah. in some way. We could be here all night. You know, <laughs> uh, which is cool. Just kind of, there is an element of danger. I suppose to answer your question, I, I you know, I like that element of Me danger. Too, yeah. It kind of, I like n- new forms to quote, to quote, <laughs> uh, to quote kind of. I think it's like it's especially if you're in a non-traditional space like this. It just keeps the audience alive, and they feel like they're in the art as opposed mm. to just like you know, observing it. And it reminds you that theaters, you know, it's a uh, communication back and forth. The audience is another character, whether they're addressed or not. Yeah. There's always yeah. that circular reference of this is one thing, we're all together, they inform the show and the show. How many times do you go on stage and in the first two minutes, even if you're feeling great, you know that the energy in the audience is terrible. The show's <laughs> probably going to bomb. You know, like you can you can sense it from the audience. And this play does shine light on that. I mean, it, yeah. it, it totally addresses it, it, yes, that you're, this is an you experience yeah. that you're having in the same room with these other people and it's something that you're sharing together and are we all present? Are we all present to enjoy this? Mm. Yeah. This tightrope that you walk, it's like, it's, it's a very self-aware play mm-hmm. and it's very much like a commentary on, as we, as we said, like, you know, these, you know, privileged people, you know. <laughs> so, so Posner's piece to give people a little insight is, is that it's the sequel but it's also extremely contemporary in the sense that it's kind of like it's very uh, like the, the malaise and the ennui of this time that we're living in is very much in the play which, oh, which was what cringy yeah it's, it's so it, it, when you hear yourself saying these lines that you probably would hear in any coffee shop in Williamsburg or, 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 or the Lower East Side when you're saying them in, 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 in a heightened sense in a heightened reality you realise how ridiculous the whole situation is of like just modern life, which is great, which is why I think the play is so relevant. And in doing that, it sort of engages the audience as well, right? Because yeah. everybody, I, I mean, generally right. when I'm at yeah. almost every time I'm at the theater, I think I have a moment where I'm like, do I like the theater or do I hate theater? I don't yeah. know. Do I sound like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just get so sick of seeing the same things and hearing the same things over and over again and this play is so different it's such a wild card that like it addresses that it's okay to feel that way and that's like but we still go on and we get to say those things right so it's you know it's interesting to just to segue off of what Donald was saying I think I welcome that I, I actually want it to happen and for having done you know my first immersive experience here last year there was some characters that would just walk in and out they were like oh this is immersive I'll just get up Get you know, grab a cup of wine or whatever, and then come back or look at the art while the while it's happening. And part of me is going, you know, sit the fuck down. But part of the other part of me is going like, this is a gift. This is the best gift possible. And and I think that seeing everything as a gift that way kind of a keeps us in a place of complete discomfort. And b which is awesome. And b keeps the show fresh. You know, keeps the the the, the play really on its feet and fresh. And you're right if. If we don't get to address it, the play will not go on. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, and I imagine the tonality of, of each performance will be completely different. Yeah, yeah hopefully, definitely. yeah. Yeah, which is kind of fun yeah. from a performer standpoint. I like that. Like, that's why we do theater. Right. Now, when you say characters would get up, do you mean like audience members, like like well, these jokers in the audience would get up and yeah. pour themselves yeah, a I glass see, of I say wine? Characters, for lack of a better word, but yeah, they, they for me they just 
because even when I'm on stage or, or doing a play, I, I'm still studying, you know, the human condition. <laughs> and I'm like, in what world is this person getting up and thinking this is a great idea while, <laughs> while I'm literally, you know, splurging my guts out, telling this girl that I love her and I'm never going to see her again and she's ripping her ear off. This is all the play that I did last year. <laughs> and this guy <laughs> decides that he's going to get up and have a glass of wine and look at the art. I just, <laughs> for me, that is is beautiful that is like it encapsulates humanity mm-hmm. you know there's no there's nothing that is uh, that 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 sh- there's no rules there's no you know we're just not predictable. there's not exactly it's not predictable and for me that's a character it's a it's a joker it's a character it's some guy who just doesn't fucking get it and in not getting it is so so interesting to me <laughs> okay does that honestly does that scare anybody here that kind of thing in my, I would say, like, in my real life, it does. Like, immersive theater is actually something that I'm like, oh, that's cool and interesting, but I don't really like to go to it, and I don't really like to be in it. I like a lot of rules. I'm definitely, like, a Peter Brook, <laughs> the empty space. Like, Pretty the sure. more structure, the more freedom I have. Yeah. But this has just enough structure that the yeah. freedom of it doesn't scare me, and I know we're, we have the great director at the home and Adam, and, and so I don't feel like it's going to go awry. And I, I also don't think people are going to get up and get a drink, but maybe I'll be surprised. But I, I think there's a little more containment than the last immersive sure. piece you did, which yeah, was a different yeah. tone out there, and had a lot of discomfort built into it being theater of cruelty. And so I think some people maybe felt like they needed to like stop <laughs> your impulses, pain. man. You just, yeah. you just do you. <laughs> just do you. I, I just get scared of the tech in a space like this that yeah, has no absolutely. there's no lighting rig. There's nothing set up for theatrical performances. It's really what you build. Um, so not only is that about picking work that fits in that space where you're not relying on too much tech support, um, but it's also just winging it. I mean, we had nights in our last show where the lights didn't come on. They had <laughs> floppy disk. Yes, we were using a floppy disk in our light board, got wiped, and like we didn't have a backup, and we had no lights. And I was sitting there, came out for the first scene, and I'm like, actually, like, do I go on? Do I continue or do I walk off? This is the, the for an actor that is just maybe the worst possible feeling. And Bad way to sudden, start. This, <laughs> someone jumps up on this this big. We have a huge catwalk that forms a second story that sort of juts out into the middle of the space. And someone runs to their car and gets a car spotlight and turns the car spotlight on. And I look up and they're lighting us with the spotlight. And all of a sudden, all of our stagehands get their flashlights out and jump up on these tables and they lit the show manually. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, it was eighty percent lit from flashlights and our team knew the show well enough they're like chasing us around and the audience members that were there that night loved it they were like conceptually though the the light <laughs> following you around it was amazing and we're like that was yeah. the worst experience of my life i'm glad you enjoyed it um but having done that makes you a braver producer a braver actor a braver creator i mean the show was fine even though we had no lights mm-hmm. so yeah you have to be able to roll the punches well, for what it's worth, David is great on his feet. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, you know, going back to lights, I learned a really interesting term. And uh, this, this, I just thought I'd throw this out there. But um, it, the people that I interviewed for Brilliant Traces talked about practicals when it comes to lighting. Does everybody know what a practical lighting is? Aside from the people who are, shake, or are nodding their head yes? No idea. Okay, so a practical is like any light that you would just use normally under normal circumstances, like a light switch. Like an actual, Not actual light. Like, oh, yeah. Actual, 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 actual light. Yeah. Our whole like second act is with practical lights. <clears throat> is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So, so if you don't know what practicals come are, find out. come find out. Come find out. No, like it's, it's like a lamp or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, just I just thought I'd throw that out there. Just I did learn something from my last podcast. Um, <laughs> what qualities uh, in Stupid Fucking Bird attracted you into selecting it as a production specifically for stripped scripts? So I actually, this is kind of a perfect segue off of what Tana was just speaking about. Um, Indeed. Because Stripped Scripts' mission is to be about the text. Um, uh, so it started as a base, as a reading series, originally in Santa Barbara, and then when I moved to New York, I had the great fortune of meeting Tana, who introduced me to this space for Stripped Scripts to have a New York life. And um, when we do our readings, they are unrehearsed, they have no directors, the cast doesn't meet each other ever before coming to perform in front of an audience, so that it really becomes just about what are the words on the page, and are we and what happens when we listen to each other and we find out that whoever we imagined playing our husband is completely different and giving us something totally different and how does that make the text come alive in a different way. And the um, playwrights get to come and experience that as well and it's been exciting to hear them say, I never would have thought of casting this person in this role. Um, so that's what it is for us, is the text being alive and not worrying about the costumes and the lights and the set design and all of that. Uh, now this is our second fully staged production. Last year we did Tomorrow in the Battle that mm-hmm. you interviewed us for. And so this this year, and also get, being in the space too, sort of, yes, we have to get up and put some lights on, but if we don't have any lights, it sort of doesn't matter. Like we, we made sure to pick a piece where the text is so strong that if we got locked out of the gallery on the night of the show, we could do it in the parking lot, and I would actually be okay with <laughs> That'd that. That'd be great. Like, our cast, I'm, we're so fortunate with this cast. Yeah, really Everybody's out. spectacular, and the script is spectacular. So everything it, else is just extra and fun and playful, but unnecessary to some degree. And this play is, is so much of it is focused on finding new forms, right? It's that artist struggle <laughs> to like find something new, to have the project you're doing be groundbreaking and be so different than anything you've experienced or anyone else has ever experienced before. And this space lends itself to that. It really does. Um, and yeah, it just totally fits in with the kind of work we want to produce. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, last time I was here, I actually came and participated in, in one of the readings. And I thought I walked away with the whole thing with my performances. <laughs> Guy Gisborne. I'm yes. just kidding. That's just a joke. I thought you were fabulous. Oh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm, I'm not that much of an actor. Um, anyways, um, the last time I was here, you were all talking about how the how wonderful the casting was in this particular play and how blessed you all felt being with the cast that you've assembled. Um, I think that casting is probably a good percentage of of putting on a good show. Wouldn't you agree, Adam? I would say it's 95% of it, absolutely. I mean, it's every every rehearsal, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled with the cast, and I think I've said that probably um, not enough times. Um, 
we got um, everyone we wanted, and we were so lucky that we, you know, in this world, in New York, there's so many things being thrown at actors, and um, I'm just so lucky to have them all. Every day I leave rehearsal feeling completely energized. Um, everyone is game, everyone's friendly and positive, but they've also all got chops. And they're all um, making these roles their own in ways that allow me to just kind of sit back and let them do their thing and then hope that I can give a little adjustment here and there to um, give them kind of the right uh, room to grow in. But uh, they, uh, it's a pleasure to work with actors who really, um, who know their craft so well and understand the play so well. And Chekhov and, and by extension um, Posner, um, to their credit, uh, they gave the actors so much to chew on. And, um, and so it's a pleasure to watch them work. Now, what was casting like? Did you understand what you were in for when you knew that you were going to be doing a, a play in a gallery? Did you do anything specific or, or different that you would normally do in, in casting a show that's going to be in proscenium or black box? I think the smartest thing we did was we held auditions in the space. Yeah. Um, and so we got to know kind of, it gets to know pretty quickly, like whether, whether the, the person has the kind of chops to perform in a, in a space that has these unique, unique set of challenges. And in a weird way, it, it, you want to look for an actor that the space likes. I don't know what that means, but you know, and, and it's true, you know, it's like some people the camera likes, some people the, the theater likes, and I don't know. For some reason, the gallery likes all of these people. <laughs> I think there's a good... There was also... I think we even talked about it. There was sort of a... You'll also see, like, who's really game to to be about the work that we're going to do and not be like, well, I don't know the theater. I don't usually cross the river. Or, exactly. <laughs> or, or I don't know, like, I, it was tr complicated getting here, and now I'm, like, in a snit, and I'm being a diva, and okay, we already know about that. Yeah, that where are we? So we where are we? Yeah, I don't... What is, uh, is this really where you're doing it? Yeah. So... <laughs> Mary Ruth, you haven't said very much, so I'm going to put the spotlight right on you. Oh, great. What She's was right? <laughs> What was your audition like? My uh, audition was funny, actually. I was uh, being an actor. We all have we all have our side jobs, so I was like coming from a really crazy side job, running here. Didn't think I even had time to get here, and I came in from doing like setting up a trade show that day, actually. And like, of course, everything was going wrong. I was trying to set up a an IKEA table. Oh my God! Nervous, yeah. That would give me a nervous breakdown. Just yeah. ask David; he knows. Right. <laughs> so I come in, and I did have a hard time finding the space. I'm like running here. I'm just like I'm so tired. And then I run back here, and everybody's super nice, and we go through the scene. And then Adam's like, "Let's just try something. Let's just try like you're exhausted, like you haven't eaten anything, <laughs> like everything you're doing is going wrong today." And I was like, "You got it, dude." <laughs> wow. Let me dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> And it, was, it is also, just talking about the gallery, it's, it's freeing being in a space that's not precious. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I think that's what I like most about the play and about the script. You know, I was thinking about the script on the way to the audition, and I was like, this is just such a, a piece to find joy in. It's so fun. There's just so much to find in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it is. It, I know. I mean, it, it really is, like, it. so much I sadness. Love yeah. <laughs> I love that you just said that. Yeah. Her, her character being the most negative yeah. character <laughs> I know, in the It's just perfect that she said that. <laughs> but it's, she's so negative because she's so in love. Like, uh. And that's, you know, that's all Chekhov is people have so much hope and so much love and so much 
wish for their lives that they're sad, which is kind of hilarious. But yeah. Wow. And casting-wise, Mary Ruth, much like actually everybody sitting in this room and Jay and Absentia, um, were the answers to the... I mean, they always tell you that as an actor. They're like, the casting director is excited for you to walk in the room and solve their problem. You most of the time don't feel that. Like, I don't, I'm sorry, but not <laughs> all casting rooms are very yeah. friendly. No. Um, I've always tried really hard to make a friendly casting room and be like, this is what I'd love for it to be like when I walk into a casting room. And I think during our process, every we met so many great actors, but often there was like... They're you know ninety percent of what we want, and they're missing this one quality. And and I, I'm using Mary Ruth specifically, but we felt this with many of you. Mary Ruth walked in; she was our l- very last person we were going to see. And the minute she left the room, we're like, and that's that that's the, that ten percent we were missing in all, in the other mashes we've been seeing. Um, so it was just and everything. And that's true of everybody like that, that we yeah, cast. Actually. Yeah, it was yeah. so great. They would leave, and we would just look. We, all three of us would look at each other and be like, uh huh, yep. There was never any back and forth of, oh, this person, and it was just, we right away, all three of us knew. Like, yeah. that so much of that is based on who else you cast as well, right? It's like mm-hmm. the, you want the perfect, you want people to reflect each other in the right way and have a different type of charisma and have like, you know, it's yeah. just, and it's nice when you really feel like everything just fits together like a puzzle. I think we really, really have that. In this and I play. left thinking, God, that was the worst audition <laughs> I have ever, ever been on. I've embarrassed myself. I've embarrassed Sean. I've embarrassed Allison. You're fantastic. I, de- I debated my future. It was just my awful. <laughs> I did. I was like, Sorry. I need to take a class. <laughs> I, okay. What the? Because uh, I, I think I stopped you. I think I stopped you. Oh, through. I was all ready for the big monologue that I. I had the side for and I was ready and then you like stop me right in you're like you know why don't, why don't you do this other one that I had like read once and it was I, I, I couldn't even get like through it and, then, like, a dog and then a dog ran a, a little dog ran in and I knew the funny thing is I knew have, you know having been on both sides of the table I knew that you thought it was going so wrong but it was because of the energy you were bringing to that that was so real that you were so the character and I was like we have to tell him right away that we're going to yeah, catch yeah, him because like, I we... know he's at home right now kicking himself I'm just like, like play pathetic because that's all this is right now <laughs> pathetic and did you guys advertise in, like, in, in backstage or uh, how did you find we did yeah, actually we did a little bit yeah, we, we did, did a lot of invitations because yeah. we all sort of had a lot of people who we really respect that we wanted to come in yeah. and audition um, and we were lucky we had quite a few people come in but again it's just about finding the right the right fit I stopped you <laughs> Well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> story of Tregoran and all these women who stalk yeah, him. Yeah. Go see people in other plays and say, "Hey, I'm casting for this thing. Do you want to? Are you free Saturday? Do you want to come read for us? It'd be really great." We do a lot of that, so yeah. it's really worth coming to strip scripts readings because we are always like secretly. Tan and I are sitting in the back, going, "Oh, that yeah. other play we've talked about doing next year." It's smart. Always be connecting. You never know. You never know uh, where your next opportunity is going to come from. And for what it's worth, David says that after every audition. He does, he's always like, oh my God, that was oh the worst God. audition I ever gave him. Why do I bother? <laughs> going back to McDonald's. <laughs> the DQ, right? DQ. <laughs> exactly. Well, I always have the DQ. <laughs> That would be really funny to see David at the Dairy Queen doing something besides ordering a blizzard. Okay. Right. Uh, now, before we wrap up the interview, um, would any of you like to share your social media? I know you want to share it for Strip Scripts um, and the play itself, but anybody else want to share their social media or talk about a project that they have coming up 
uh, aside from stupid fucking bird. Um, I'm all in stupid fucking bird right now. I mean, you can follow okay? <laughs> Donald J. Brophy on Instagram, but you know, not to be confused with Donald J. Trump, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which I came along a lot before he did. But um, no, I'm just excited. I mean, if we're wrapping up. I'm just excited and honored to be a part of to be a part of the show. I'm glad. Tana stalked me, not really, she didn't really stalk me, she asked me to audition, but uh, <laughs> no, it's been wonderful. It. It's, it's strange because you kind of enter kind of enter this like cocoon when you enter into the rehearsal uh, space because it's set back from the streets, but then at the same time, a short distance across the water are the towering spires of Manhattan. And it's, it creates this like very uh, unusual kind of like atmosphere in the space and I think that the audience will, be, will really f- you know Long Island City is changing fast and this is yeah. one of the last kind of bastions Hashtag of like uh, of kind of commu- you know like <laughs> art you know like real kind of like avant-garde interesting creative stuff that's kind of going on here before it just becomes like you know tower blocks and stuff like that so I would, I'd really encourage people to come it's, it's about the show it's also about the kind of about the space and about the hard work that everybody's put in. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be back here as well. Uh, I had moved to L.A. for the past eight months and had been keeping strong contact with Tana for uh, the whole time I was there because <laughs> I needed a lifeline. Um, and she was there. And um, I was really, really happy that, that this was uh, going to be here for me. Um, came back from LA to do this and I'm, I'm, I think I couldn't have, uh, I followed my heart essentially and it's just, it's, it's, it's been a great process. I kind of want to, it's funny because coming back from your, coming back to, your, to the question you asked, this cast is so much fun. I almost want to like, I have to find it in myself to create these games or like look at Donald and be like, oh, look at his, oh man, he's perfect. But like, <laughs> like I want to hate him because in the show I hate him or like, I, I, sh- I don't, I should ignore, um, you know, Mosh, but I just have so many questions to ask Mary Ruth. Like, she's so interesting. And then, like, Allison, obviously, like, we, we share this rapport where we speak French just to, like, have other people not understand us. But really, like, she's my mom. And then Tana, obviously, you know, there's, you know, she's one of my best friends. And it's just, it's, it's an amazing, you know, the, the playoff also organizes itself off stage. And, and I'm discovering you too. Like we have these like little moments of, of <laughs> like, did you just hear what what happened? Or did you see that? And we just kind of like wink at each other. And then, it, I don't know where I'm really going with this, except that um, you love us all. I love you all, and also <laughs> that uh, it, it, yeah, the play, the play. Love you, bro. Love you, man. I fucking love you. Fucking love you. The play actually happens outside of, of these walls, and that's 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 what's great about this this group as well. Is like we. Uh, you know, I, I'm finding a director I can finally fucking work with. I'm we're very attractive and we're naked in the show. We are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, follow me at uh, Olivier J. Renault, R A N A U D. That was oh, just a long monologue to share your social media. It was. <laughs> you see me. On, on what? On Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't usually get epilogues with this particular question. I love it. No, it's great. If you have anything further to say, please, please. I'm happy to hear it. Instagram, at Mary Ruthless. There you will find links to whatever theater and pictures from rehearsal, but also pictures of dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cat videos. Dogs and dogs. And you can follow the space at Like a Artist. So L-I-C-A-R-T-I-S-T-S is our Instagram handle. 
and you can follow all the fun things we have coming we'll up. Get tickets and, all uh, and that's the gallery, right? That's the gallery. Okay. And then, of course, stripscripts.com is where you can find tickets for the show, but we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Stripped Scripts. And our handle for the play itself is stupid F C K I N G bird. Facebook won't let us use the U. And we have this great, um, I should mention that we have this great artwork mm-hmm. for the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, so this, the woman who designed our poster has created a series of photographs that were inspired by the show, and it has expanded into her first solo show. So she's doing a solo exhibition on these two movable walls here that will open in tandem with the members' exhibition. Um, and it's just really cool because not only was the art curated and picked for the show, but it was actually created. You know, she sat down and read the play and felt these images came to her, and she created the images with props and her own body, like using body paint and setting up, setting things up, and then photographing herself and these other images. And those would be the most immediate. And they'll all make up the backdrop of our play. So art inspiring, art inspiring, art inspiring. And, actually art. and her name and her name is Paula Martinez Fitter, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Chic. And she's yeah. been taking all of our I was gonna say very very artist. And, yeah. and the art will be Wonderful. for sale here and there'll be small art that's affordable for sale. There'll be small art, there'll be big art, there'll be <laughs> We're also serving pie at intermission if you're not convinced yet to come. And tickets are only twenty five dollars oh. at stripscripts.com. Oh, yeah. I'm naked. Okay, they're naked. They're they're eating pie, eating naked, pie, eating pie, which is most attractive to me. Um, in front of the Manhattan skyline. Uh, um, seriously, with it's a actual great view. Flying outside. Mm-hmm. Wow, this Almost is this every like time jackpot. we do the scene, and I have to say, oh, look at that seagull. There's actually a seagull flying outside. I mean, it's pretty incredible. No word of lie. <laughs> Almost every time. That was a very good one. It's like you've trained it. I know. Well, shh. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Have a stay. Have it, Sean. Welcome not, to our crazy family. Not yet. <laughs> Adam, did you want to give your yeah. social media uh, information? Um, uh, I run a company called Slant Theater Project. We're on S-L-A-N-T. We're on the Facebook. And um, the also I have a website, um, adamnightnyc, all one word, dot com. Excellent. No monologue. Any, any uh, future projects that you want to talk about? Directors always have something in the hopper all the time. Of, of course, I've got lots of things in the hopper, but I, but I, I can't talk about them right now. Ah, okay. Ooh. See? What did I tell you? The paperwork. I think we picked our play for next year, but that'll be for the next. I know we can't announce it. What did I tell you? It's like the the paperwork has not been signed, so you really can't say anything. And certainly, last but not least, oh, davidwleeper.com. That's on the webs. That's awesome. <laughs> the and, and, yeah, and everything links from there, I think. Um, and then uh, rocketlaunchfilms.com is my production company that will be starting up this fall with some uh, web series that you what? may be seeing Cast some of me. these people in. Yes. Will we be naked? Yeah. <laughs> and eating pie? Right. If I write it, pie. If I may, one last question as well. Absolutely. On August 20th, we will be doing our next Strip Scripts reading series, and we do live casting with no auditions for the next month's reading, so everybody should come down and check it out. We literally bring your headshot, we pick headshots out of the pile, and we send you a script for the next month's reading. No rehearsals, super fun. We serve wine. <laughs> it is super fun. And, and it is. And, and some really great scripts, too, yeah. I, I, I thought, for sure. 
All new plays, is it? Or? It's primarily new plays. Every once in a while we throw in a little something else. Allison, please tell us when the show is happening. All of the information they need to know about the show. The show opens July 6th, and we have performances at 8 o'clock on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from July 6th through July 21st. Tickets are $25 and can be found at scripts.com. And there's nudity and pie. And there's nudity and pie. We can't emphasize that enough. Yep. <laughs> well, you've all been amazing, and I wish you broken legs. <laughs> broken the, wings. Right, broken wings. No, no, no broken wings, just, just broken legs, the, the metaphorical kind. Um, and I think it sounds great and, and interesting and, 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 and fun and energetic, and it just it's... It's, it's going to be wonderful. Thank so, you, Sean. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you for being with us, cast and creative team of Strip Scripts, upcoming production of Stupid Fucking Bird. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for being you. on the show. Thank You're you. all amazing. Bye. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, big thanks to cast and creative of Stupid Fucking Bird. Weren't they sensational? Just amazing. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at Facebook.com. Sorry, the Facebook.com. Your Program Is Your Ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. The website is YourProgramIsYourTicket.com. I don't have Instagram. I should probably get Instagram. I know. I'll have my 22-year-old niece something with that. I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate me and write me a review. Subscribe. It all helps with my profile, and I appreciate it. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's lots of great theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people. And hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.